Welcome back to Living Well with Titan Well. I am Jennifer Langenwalter. I'm here with my um, health education assistant. Lynette Los Angeles, that's who I am. And our special guest from ASI SRC. Hi, I'm Alex Moore. She is our wellness coordinator over at the SRC. So today we're gonna to be talking about a subject that is near and dear to all of our hearts. Um, it's movement and specifically joyful movement. So we wanna get in today just to the, I don't know, the perceptions of exercise, um, exercise for non-exercisers, uh, the concept joyful movement, um, I learned about a few years ago at a conference and it's basically a mindset of participating in physical activity that ignites your interests and passions and isn't focusing on a certain number, a certain intensity. It's just doing something that makes you happy and moves your body. So with that being said, um, I'm gonna go ahead and ask our first question to our, our um, team here. So I'm gonna start with Lynette. I'll bounce back and forth between y'all so no one has to go first every time. Okay. So I'm gonna start with Lynette and ask Lynette, what does joyful movement mean to you? Yeah, I think honestly, it's just about moving my body in a way that makes me happy and makes me feel good. And it's really everything in the title, joyful movement, is exactly what I feel like it encompasses. Okay, how about you, Alec? Yeah, I would say joyful movement is something, it's, it's physical activity that isn't about the fact that it's physical activity. It's not about burning calories, it's not about doing it because it's a chore, but it's doing it because you genuinely enjoy the movement, the people you're with, the music you're listening to, the environment you're in. It's something that genuinely brings you positivity. Excellent. I agree also with all of those um, commentaries. And I think me being a little bit of an older um, uh, person here, um, it, you find that you think like you're 15, but I'm 56. And so for me, joyful movement is remembering that movement at all, just moving, getting out, even getting out in the sun for 10 minutes is important for your body. And it's joyful to me to not stress out about how many minutes or hours I'm, I'm doing something. Um, okay, so just real quick, I want to have everyone give their um, title and position and department on campus so we can familiarize yourself ourselves with where everybody is at on campus. So I'll start with Alec this time. All right. Hi. So my name is Alex Moore. I'm the fitness and wellness coordinator at the SRC uh, through Associated Students at Cal State Fullerton. And I've been with Cal State Fullerton or I've been at the SRC for about nine months now. And my experience mostly comes from working in the fitness industry since I was 14. So I've held a variety of jobs, whether it's personal training or group fitness or coaching, you name it, I've probably coached it at some point in my life. And so my passion for movement comes from coaching, physical activity, and I want to bring that to a college campus. Wow. Thank you. How, you said 14 years? Yep. Okay. <laughs> well, since I was 14. So I think it's not to age myself. You don't, I was yeah. gonna say, you, don't have to, you don't have to say specifically. Yeah. I've been working in fitness since I was 14. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. That's excellent. Lynette? Yeah. I'm Lynette de Los Angeles, and I've been with CSUF first as a student and then got hired on pro staff in 2019, late 2019. So I've been with Tynewell for a really long time, uh, and I've been enjoying it. So thanks for allowing me to have that introduction. And what? tell me a little bit about um, kind of your history with exercise and movement. And, you know, we're going to be raw here. If you hate it, yeah. if you love it, um, it's okay. We just want to kind of get it all out there. Oh yeah. You know, I used, 
I remember PE being one of my favorite subjects growing up and I loved it, but I think it was really the social aspect of it that made me fall in love with PE and movement. So then when I had to kind of do it on my own entering college, it was a little weird and I was able to find like, I guess a joy again, once I was able to work out with other people, with my roommates, with people I was doing group fitness with and things like that. Um, and then I think after, during COVID, it was a harder time. So now it's been a, a journey to kind of rediscover that relationship with exercise or with movement. So I love the idea of joyful movement in that sense of kind of redefining it. Yes. And I think that we can actually get a little bit into COVID later in the um, episode, because I think that is a whole nother dynamic of working out not working out people starting to work out people stopping working out it's just a whole we'll probably do a whole little section on that a little bit later um, I'm just gonna real quick tell my background so I'm Jennifer Langenwalter I have been with CSUF about a year and a half but I actually got my bachelor's here back in the won't date myself 80s late 80s and I have always been an athlete I've always been into like employee wellness I've always been into laughing and having fun I went into finance, don't ask me why, <laughs> and always ended up going towards planning employee wellness events and trying to get us all out and doing things together as a group. And then midlife made a career change into public health and was in nutrition and health coaching and um, community diabetes prevention program. But then when I came here, I had the topic of nutrition. I said, well, we can't do nutrition without talking about movement. And so I've been slowly bringing that into our programming for Titan Well. And um, I just love it. And I just want to hopefully get the word out there that it's not scary to come see us at the SRC to come see us at Titan Well, and we'll find things for everyone. And, and there's something for everyone. So with that being said, uh, we'll skip to the next section. Um, so this is something that I feel really strongly about as a, my own person and my experience with my children, but um, body positivity. So I do have one adult child that has an eating disorder. Um, it's something we've struggled with um, since they were about 14, 15, um, coming from the dance world. Mm. And so when I started studying and learning about body positivity, I was like, oh my God, I love this. Like, I can't get enough of it. I'm still growing and learning in the subject area. But I'm going to go ahead and ask each of you, who did I start with last time? Me. Okay, so I'll go to Lynette. <laughs> um, what does body positivity mean to you? Or how would you define that? Or just however you want to phrase it. Yeah, I think body positivity for me, like that whole movement is really just about like the celebration of all different body types, shapes, everything, genders, physical abilities. Um, and the celebration, the love and appreciation for all different kinds of people in that sense. Um, and then for me, I really focus on the gratitude aspect and the appreciation aspect of what my body can do um, within that, that realm. So working on your own just view of your body as you grow and, and go through the lifespan. Yeah, yeah, that changes all the time. And I'm not saying body positivity is easy yet by any means. It's definitely not. Um, but it's helpful to kind of view things from that frame. Thank you. What about you, Alex? Yeah, no, absolutely. Just to kind of tag off of that, it's it's an ever-changing relationship that you have with your body. I come from an eating disorder background, too, and so I've definitely gone through all the waves of loving my body and then hating my body and wanting to change it and then feeling good and then not feeling good. So 
it's it's an ever-changing relationship but i think it's it is like you said i like the word celebration it's the celebration of what your body is capable of doing it's do you want to your friends want to go for a hike you can do it it doesn't matter what you look like it doesn't matter what the instagram photo looks like afterward it's did you do the hike and did you enjoy it and did you go for that walk that you wanted to go on and were you able to i, I mean you Anything you want to do, can your body do it? And it's the celebration of health and not aesthetics. Yes. And also, like, meeting yourself where you're at mm-hmm. in that moment. Like you said, the hike the hike can be just a walk, you know, through the Arboretum. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the hike may be, you know, you want to hike Mount Whitney and everything <laughs> in between. Yeah. Um, for myself, body positivity um, has morphed over the years as, as I've had children, um, and your body just changes all over the place. Sometimes it goes back, sometimes it doesn't. I've, I've had three, three kids myself, um, and it's really taken a, a lot of time. And I also grew up in the 80s when it was like fitness mania. Um, we'll talk about social media in another section, but you just always thought something was wrong with you. And now I'm learning to understand that the curves are a celebration. You know, I grew human in my body. It's okay, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, if everything's not picture perfect. And it's just taken a lifetime to get here and I'm feeling feeling pretty good about it. So that's what I think um, body positivity is. What a beautiful journey. Thank you. Um, okay, actually, here we are. We're at social media. <laughs> so how do you think social media impacts um, college students and um, fitness and moving? I'll start with Alex this time. Oof, I feel like I could stand on a soapbox about this for a while, but <laughs> we have time. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, oh, the great Instagram struggle and I'm going to point out like especially Instagram and TikTok there's such a trend going around now on the aesthetics of fitness and I'll talk about fitness specifically just because that's that is my background and that's the industry that I've worked in for a long time but there's such a focus on aesthetics and there's such a focus on the way your body looks and did you take the right angle photo and is are your clothes right and do you have a matching set and do the shorts are the shorts hiked up in the right way and I could I could go down a whole rabbit hole but I think everyone listening probably knows can list a hundred other things that they're like oh yeah I've seen that all on Instagram um can you repeat the question (laughs) I can repeat the question yes um it was how do you think that social media right now is influencing the mind influencing the mindset of college students in regards to fitness and and um Moving. Yeah. So with such a big focus on aesthetics, like on those platforms like Instagram and TikTok, that's what's trending right now. And so that's what everybody's following. And the bodies that are trending are the ones that have that stereotypical athletic shape, the smaller, the skinnier. Um, and for the majority of people in the world, that is not a natural body type. It's not a healthy body type. But that's what's trendy, unfortunately. And I think... It's it's I'm like I'm losing my train of thought because I'm like, there's so many things that I I could say right now, but I don't know. Um, I wish that wasn't the trend and I wish there was more representation of different Mm -hmm. body types and different body types also showing that they're doing exactly the same movements as the girls who look the stereotypical or not the stereotypical way. That's not the right word, but the the trendy way to look. Um, I love that because honestly, that's why I picked this topic as my very first topic. And I definitely want to aid you in that movement on our campus Mm -hmm. and throughout whatever platforms we have to go to, to 
let everyone know we're all the same and yeah. you know social media is the best of one second of a moment mm -hmm. and it's pre-planned and you can redo it 50 times so you get that oh, perfect yeah. shot till you get you know us old ladies you know we're like oh grab the back of my neck while i'm <laughs> you know it's like it's not real it's no. not realistic yeah. and you're trying to compete with other people even mm -hmm. at my age you know everyone's putting up all their vacations and whatever mm -hmm. um and it's just so harmful for the you know 15 to 25 because they do think it's real and they do mm -hmm. think that's what everybody looks like and they do think that's what everybody's doing it's that highlight reel yes yes no exactly Which, now i'll let you go ahead and oh uh, yeah tell me what you think so i'll i know you, you touched a lot on like the fitness aspect of social media and i'll talk more about i guess the impact of social media and just like a body image over general sense so with I think there's positives and negatives of social media. There has been more representation with the body positive movement and everything like that where, you know, we're seeing different body types. We're seeing how different people are eating, you know, like there's more variety that we could come across. But then there's that negative side where sometimes, you know, with the algorithm, you see one video and then it starts to populate with all these other similar videos that are with the trends that are happening that can be very harmful, like what you were mentioning, Alex. Um, and with the filters and with the editing, with the face tune and like, Jen, what you were saying too, like not all of it is real and a lot of it can be curated in a certain fashion that, you know, can make us feel bad. So the pros and cons, definitely. Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw like a little wrench in, um, in this too. Um, my daughter went to Cal State Fullerton. I won't say your name. Don't worry, sweetie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and was on the dance team. Um, so that was a whole nother experience with um, body image. But yeah. um, some of her friends that were YouTubers, um, not, not necessarily on the dance team, um, they were having all this plastic surgery at 17 to 20 years old um, and thinking that's athletic, you know, getting the... the the BBLs, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and but not not working out to do all those things. And wh what are you guys' thoughts about all of that? It's hard to see because it, it goes back to just what's real and what's not real, and whether they have plastic surgery or not. Like you were saying, like everyone can pose for a photo, everyone can flex in the right lighting and make things look better than they are, and everyone can take a photo when they haven't eaten yet in the morning, and so their stomach's not bloated or anything. And just adding plastic surgery to that and then posting that. And it's not to say that people shouldn't get plastic surgery. People can do whatever they want right. to their body. It's like whatever it, makes you feel yeah, good. Yeah, and if that's going to make you feel good about your body, then that is 100% your decision. Then I'm, I'm happy for you if you're happy. But portraying it in a way that it's a natural thing to achieve and under what circumstances is what makes it a little bit dangerous to post, yes. at least under the physical activity yeah realm. under the interpretation or if it's going to get interpreted as if that's a natural thing to achieve right right or as if it sets a new standard for what's it's what setting the standard up, is. It's yeah. setting up an unreal expectation of oh wow you know if i do start exercising you know i can do that and it's not just the flexing and the other the whole other like um competitive bodybuilding type of a look exactly. it's just a whole another realm of of thinking yeah and then when you're talking about like youtubers it made me think of like everyone's commenting on videos on how this person bodies look or their face how are they looking and you can see all of that 
commentary, all those comments underneath, YouTube videos, Instagram videos, like pictures, TikTok, and everyone's reading that and people might be internalizing those comments and relating it back to themselves, yes. which is also the harmful thing because if they don't look like that, then uh, what are they thinking? And then who's like, it's no one's right to judge or to make that commentary on someone else's body. Yeah. The commenting on social media, I think we could have a whole episode on that. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. <laughs> no kidding. Um, I hope I didn't laugh in the mic. Um, so kind of the next thing um, about social media is how can we help students overcome the harmful influences of social media? Uh, I would say definitely curating your feed. So making sure you're diversifying it, you're following people that make you feel good or following accounts that make you feel good. Um, and uh, also taking social media breaks can be very helpful um, and prioritizing like real world interactions so that we're not getting drowned in the fact that some things on social media are fake and not real and it is being a highlight reel. Yeah. When you said curating your feed. Yeah. Because um, I think I heard at the ACHA conference something about that. Going in and I, I don't know how to do it, though. Like, yeah. what do you unfollow <laughs> the ones that get on your logarithm? Or like, I'm old. Can you guys help me? <laughs> what does this mean? So I guess I'm more so talking about the people that you decide to follow. So unfollow people you don't want to follow that don't make you feel good. And Whether it's your people. friends or, yeah, or influencers. I mean, Hopefully people aren't taking that personally. If you don't want to unfollow them, you can mute them. <laughs> there <laughs> there are options, yeah. So, But then again, yeah, if it's the algorithm and you're just on your Explore page or you're just seeing on your For You page, you can't always help that in a sense, I guess, unless you're starting to watch things that are, you know, the algorithm knows you're you're liking this certain video but things do pop up that's why i think going back to making sure you know your limit and taking those social media breaks and you're not just doom scrolling and heading into that hole because that can that be whole rabbit yeah. hole mm -hmm. <laughs> endless yeah. scrolling it's a dangerous hole to go down i mean we we're all guilty of going down that rabbit hole personally i avoid the explore page kind of for that reason because I know that it's going to show me like it's only going to post the things that are going viral it's only going to show the things that are trendy and a lot of times those are not the positive posts that you want to see or that are going to make you feel good about yourself but yeah I want to second curating what who you're following and especially when it comes to influencers I mean your fr friends are a different story if your friends are posting that kind of stuff muting like we said is a fantastic <laughs> tool um it's great I not gonna say what I was about to say but um, <laughs> um but when it comes to following influencers especially those that are in the fitness industry um or just in wellness and in body positivity and things like that following people who have your body type uh, is a wonderful tool um following the like of course p the things that are going to go trendy are always going to be trendy but it doesn't mean you have to follow them they don't need to be your end-all be-all goal but they're for every trendy influencer that's taking those I mean, air quotes, like perfect pictures that everyone strives for. There's just as many people out there that are posting purely for body positivity. I know girls that are posting their perfect flexed photo. And then the next slide over is the one where they're totally relaxed and they're in they have their stomach hanging out. And they're like, this is what I actually look like 90 percent of the time. And I've seen countless influencers, luckily, posting content like that as well, which is so great to see and so great to just compare and see like, Okay, just because they have a six pack in that photo, they're they look like me 
every other moment of the day. And so I think making sure that you're following those people and just making sure you have a good variety of people that you're actually following. Yeah, and looking, yeah. like you said, at the, the posed thing versus real life. Mm-hmm. I like that. I didn't know people were doing that. Yeah. That's excellent. So bringing it back to um, Joyful Movement, uh, tell me some things that you personally like to do for moving that bring you joy. I love to walk. Anyone else? <laughs> love. I have a dog, and so that's a daily activity for me. It's so peaceful. I am just now getting back into walking. So I was always a runner, and so I thought walking and yoga were both ridiculous <laughs> because, you know, you're not getting your heart rate up. You're not getting the miles in. But I'm starting to really love walking and trying to make it a point to get up at least once a day and get out of the office and just walk the campus. Yeah. There's a lot of different places to walk here on campus. Arboretum. I love the Arboretum. Yeah. And then also just like all the beautiful trees. Mm-hmm. And it's really just like, I don't know, being in an office for all of your day to be able to pop out and just take a nice little nature walk is really nice. And that's something that brings me joy. And even like I have the fitness app on my phone and it logs, you know, how if I closed my rings, how long I walked, and it just brings joy to me where I'm like, yes, I walked at least a mile. That makes me feel good. Especially when I bring people along with my walks and I get to talk to them. Because then you're talking and it goes really fast. <laughs> yes, exactly. A talk and walk. So, so like the ring thing doesn't stress you out. Like you, Because ha- I've met people who have to close the rings every day. Mm, you know, for- I lost my 81 day streak and oh, now no. I'm not stressing about it. <laughs> And so that was, uh, I was like, dang it. But, you know, I was like, I wasn't doing it for a streak. It was just something that kind of held me accountable in a fun way where I'm like, yes, I just want to close it and then I can move on. And then if I don't, it's okay. Like, it can't be the end all be all. I think it kind of even goes back to the the social media with the ring thing. Nothing can be obsessive. So Mm -hmm. just letting yourself know that obsessing over one particular thing in fitness or wellness is is not necessarily benefiting you in the long run and it's okay to have a not closed ring day it's okay to take a break from social media it's okay to just breathe yeah exactly yeah and the rings i mean the one thing i want to point out about the rings too is like if it if it if the goals on there are something that you're actually going for every day that you're like i have to walk this amount per day i have to burn this many calories per day and it's a healthy goal for you fantastic but those ring goals are also so modifiable. And so when you mm-hmm. get the notifications about your friends closing their rings, their goal might, as as much as it could be really high, it also could be really low. And so you also have to know, all you're knowing is they're closing their rings. You don't know what their goal was compared to yours. And I do not have anyone share their ring goals with me. Which so also is just a strategy. A That's a good strategy. Yeah. It's just me. It's all me. <laughs> And that's a good point, too, is it goes back to not comparing yourself to anyone else. So if it's the social aspect of, hey, let's all share the ring so we know we're moving, but just knowing the goals are different, Mm -hmm. that's definitely a good Mm -hmm. strategy on that. Um, What was the last thing I said? I already forgot. The walking on campus and the arboretum. Okay, so for you um, personally, just as a person, what brings you joy in movement? Oh, I mean, I do genuinely enjoy working out. I genuinely enjoy going to the gym, lifting weights, getting sweaty, going for runs. That does bring me joy. But then on a more calm daily activity sort of level, I have a dog. And it's my absolute favorite thing 
favorite part of my day, favorite part of my week, as often as I do it, is to go play fetch with her on the beach. And just throwing the ball, going for a long walk, playing in the ocean with her, that kind of movement brings me almost more joy than going to the gym. That's and, and you don't even realize how long you're out there. What kind of dog? I have a little black lab. Oh, yeah. little? I know. I didn't think they were that little. <laughs> she's small. She's small, but she's my best friend. Oh. Yeah, so we go play all the time. But yeah, that kind of movement, I'm like, oh, all of a sudden I've gone for a four-mile walk and I've been on the phone with my mom the entire time and now we're going to go play fetch and then both of us come home and pass out on the couch. Wow. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, I I love my puggies. I they can't really probably do as much <laughs> or as long as as your lab, but I do like getting out and moving with them. Um, I found something though that brings me joy that I had no idea would bring me joy. I like doing yard work, and yeah. it's the weirdest thing. But you can be out there pulling weeds and lifting stuff and moving stuff, and all of a sudden I'm like, God, I'm really tired and I'm really sore and I don't even know you know like what I did. And if, especially if it's like sunny outside. You just feel like, oh, I just like being out here. So that one surprised me, and I'm starting to learn to enjoy walking. I have to work on the yoga thing, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, whatever brings you joy. If it's not going to bring you joy, you're not going to want to do it. Yeah, and I think something else that I found that I did not think this would ever bring me joy was finding dancing videos on YouTube and then dancing along with them. Like, you know, they're kind of instructing you, and they're laughing and having a good time. And as long as I'm doing it with the door shut or no one watching me, I'm like, I'm having a blast. No one needs to know this is happening behind closed doors, but I'm enjoying dancing to this YouTube video. So is it um, like instructional? Yeah, there are. Yeah, they're instructional. So they're like doing it as like a fitness video, but it's dancing oh, um, to like fun. popular songs that are out. That cool. can be, yeah, a really good time. And I used to, this kind of started when I was like super into i don't know if any of you had the connect for the xbox i yeah i know what you're talking yeah, you about you don't need yeah. a remote or anything it just detects your mm -hmm. body and Ooh, i always wanted that yeah it was so fun because we had this dance one mm -hmm. and i loved it so again finding something as a kid that brought me joy that i can do now in a different way even though i don't have that game necessarily i can do it through so the it reminds account. you of, yes. of playing that game exactly and like I can literally do it in my office too if I wanted to, or like yeah. in my bedroom at home, and just make it work for me. And that actually time. sounds like it would be a good brain break too. Yes, um, which is which is another podcast <laughs> when we're going to talk about burnout <laughs> and studying and um, taking breaks and how good it is for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one thing you brought up earlier, Lynette. I'm sticking to our topic areas, but then I'm not. Um, <laughs> you brought up that you realized you were a social activity person yes um i wanted to talk about the different types of worker out personalities i don't know a better way to put it but that's something i learned um in one of my um certifications was that you you do need to discover if you're the person that's better off just going by yourself and doing whatever activity that may be or if you prefer the social or if you need the structured thing of a class, you know, it's um, about just kind of discovering and trying different things and realizing that if you do go to something and don't like it, that's okay, that there's something else. Um, and realizing if you need it for social, for fun or for accountability, um, does anybody have any thoughts on, on workout personalities? I have 
gone through a couple different personalities depending on the sport. Um, I would always tell you that I am, well, I got started out in group fitness. I got it started out in cycling classes. And so those are very social groups. Everyone, it was a very small local studio. And so everyone from my high school would go and you'd run into people that you knew all the time. And so that was a very social activity for me. As I got into college, it became much more like put in the headphones, go to the squat rack, don't talk to anyone. It's my time to disconnect from the world and like just be by myself. And I loved that too. And don't get me wrong, sometimes I still do. But now that I've gotten into more of the CrossFit world where I'm at now, I'm like, oh, wait, I'm back to group fitness. I'm back to working out with people. And now going to the gym and putting in headphones is like, oh, wait, I miss talking to people. I'm not around people anymore. But then there's some activities where, like, I've discovered I really like running. And my roommate loves running, too. And she's always like, let's go for a run together. I'm like, no, <laughs> I will run by myself. I do not want to run with people. I need to have my headphones in. I need to disconnect. So gone it, through all the different activities, different people with different activities. And I think it just totally depends on the activity, the mindset that you're in, whether you need the space to disconnect or you're like, no, this is my social time, especially with a lot of people working from home right now. Sometimes working out in group fitness is people's social time. So I think it just depends on what the activity is and what you need to get out of it. Correct. And it's like your mindset at the time, whether it's a part in your lifespan or if it's just a part in your day and your work week, it's going to change and it doesn't have to be the same. It doesn't have to look the same every week. Yeah. And it could look different for different activities, like you're saying, too. I totally agree. So now I want to bring up um, COVID. Um, not that we're all sick and tired of COVID, but we are. But how it impacted exercise and how it impacted a lot of the students that are coming into Cal State Fullerton right now. Um, how do we help students get over the fear, the hump? the burden of you know they were stuck at home you know maybe the end of their high school career maybe a little bit in junior high maybe their first couple years here um how do we get people past um that isolation that that you know some people tried to do the little at home youtube zoom things maybe it worked for some people maybe it didn't but um how do we help students kind of say that's behind us now and let's just start like thinking about moving again and does anyone have any thoughts on that yeah, especially in the position that I'm in where I'm the one coordinating all the group fitness classes and creating the fitness programs for the SRC. Um, what I'm kind of coming across now is group fitness classes are very hit or miss. But what I'm also realizing is people are people are so used to working out alone at home. And the good thing about Instagram now is there's a t like you can get a whole workout program on Instagram. I mean, ChatGPT can come up with a whole <laughs> workout program for you. I've seen it come up with months of programming at a time in 10 seconds. And so I think a lot of people have access to all the workouts that they could possibly want. Um, so now what I am trying to facilitate the best in the rec center is how do we get people out of their living rooms, out of their bedrooms, even though they can do it by themselves, let's get you back into a gym. Even if you're still going to work out by yourself, how can I facilitate having the SRC be a place where you still feel comfortable coming in? And like, you can still do your Instagram workout. You can still do the workout that you have generated on your phone, but come in and grab a mat. And even if you're going to have headphones in the whole time, make it a little bit social or just be around people. So now it's just trying to get people out of their houses and back into the gym now that it is a safe place to be again. I feel like that is a big challenge. Um, I also feel like the social isolation is a big challenge in every area of, you know, coming back to campus, whether you're a commuter or a resident. 
Um, and I think it's maybe finding out if you are a, a group social person or if you just need one person to go with you um, and making that connection, maybe even meeting someone if that's trying a class and putting yourself out there a little bit to, you know, say, hey, let's meet again next week um, and just thinking about what's best for you, but also realizing the social connection in college will help you through so much more than yeah. just exercise. Mm-hmm. Um any thoughts on that, Lynette? Yeah, I think while we're thinking about this transition and maybe people who aren't necessarily ready for the gym yet, I was thinking about the kinesiology classes, the activity classes that we have here on campus. Let's say like this is structure. This is something you'll be doing for a grade, but it's also something where you have multiple people around you. And it's usually like you could pick your level. So if you're a beginner, you can choose that and you could choose something that you actually like or you might be interested in. So I think that could be a great transition for from, you know, COVID into post-COVID and uh, finding something that works for you, but still getting something out of it that's not just movement, but a grade and units or credits. I love that. And I didn't even think of that. And it's a good way to ease back in. Yeah. Because it's not like the SRC where maybe you're going there on purpose. Um, you can be any level at this and you can kind of ease back in and there's no expectation, you know, of having to perform at any kind of a level. Yeah. And for me, I know it's easier for me to make a friend through a class than me making a friend through a group fitness uh, session at the gym because, you know, sometimes they go, sometimes they don't, don't go. But with the kinesiology activity course, usually attendance is mandatory. So you have to see each other all the time. So it's easier to be like, hey, yeah, I know you and I know your name because we're in this class together. That's an excellent tip. I, I really like that one. Um, any thoughts for you uh, other than you're just trying to redo the programming, but any just personal thoughts on? On reintroducing yeah. after COVID? Nothing specific right now. Um, nothing right now. I um, Maybe we could just talk a little bit about our own personal transition from that. So I was an avid exerciser and then um, went into COVID. All the gyms were shut down and I'm a social person and I used to like to go and meet my group of friends and do all that. Um, and then tried a couple Zooms, didn't, didn't like that at all, then went to nothing. And then went to nothing for a really long time and it's really hard to come out of that. And I've just found starting with walking, you know, the dog, the friend, whoever, just doing a little bit of walking and giving yourself a couple months to get used to that and then trying something else that you used to like going back to things that you used to enjoy with the expectation that I don't have to be doing it at the same level and same intensity Um, and just taking those baby steps um, and thinking about if you never worked out or if you worked out five days a week just doing that one habit once a week and that's it and being happy and celebrating that one thing Um, that's what's been working for me personally yeah yeah during covid i i mean and also coming from the background that i am where like my entire job is to work out i quit completely i mean dead stop during covid i did not work out there was no at-home yoga there was no walking there was no nothing i mean walking my dog was about as much activity as i did for probably about six or seven months like i stopped working out um if i went for a hike and i lived in colorado at the time so i was in the mountains all the time but um if I went for a hike once a week, it was like a big deal <laughs> if I did that. Uh, but what slowly got me reintroduced to it was I ended up actually getting a job at a gym 
I think about six or seven months into COVID. And that kind of re-sparked my passion for getting back into fitness. But it definitely took me finding an activity that I liked again. It it was starting from square one. I mean, I knew how to work out. I knew how to do it. If I wanted to go to a gym or do an at-home workout, I could do it myself. But it definitely took that kick that was like, okay, no, I have to be at the gym now. I have something that is requiring me to be here. And it is an activity that I genuinely enjoy. But it was hard to come back. It's definitely hard to come back. And you have to find something that is genuinely you're going to like. Because if you don't like it, you're not going to do it. Exactly. The ebbs and flows Mm -hmm. of it all. Especially when we're dealing with so much other stress that can take out the joy. So I'm glad you're able to, like, reinvigorate that. I noticed last year, well, the last couple years, um, because I do some one-on-one health coaching over at the health center, and I would have students come in and talk about wanting to get back into exercising. And I'd ask, you know, well, what have you done? And they'd like, well, I went and did a spin class, you know, and then I couldn't move. And it's like, then they're paralyzed to go back. Um, so just realizing that square one is square one and give yourself a break and find that little small thing, whatever it is, and try to think creatively outside the box. Um, the gardening, the, I don't even know, sometimes like, cleaning out a closet you know it just it'll something that's going to give you mental like happiness and seeing an end result but maybe you're also moving your body a little bit too yeah um that's one thing that i think works for sorry oh go ahead oh thank you (laughs) with uh, covid i remember but right before i was going to the gym with someone all the time beforehand and then i had a transition to going alone because i no longer had that buddy to go with me and then I was no longer a social exerciser unless I did the fitness classes and then COVID happened. And then I, you know, no gym, nothing. It was just social walking with my family. And then it was like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. I started to kind of fall off of it. But something that helped me was having a hobby, like buying a badminton um, little set that helped me doing something like that with my brother. Um, But then when I moved out during this whole time, it was kind of back to me being isolated and alone. I didn't have that that social time to keep me accountable and make it fun for me. So it dropped off, too. And then it's been something to be re-explored ever since that. And so I bought roller skates, roller blades, again, going back to what brought me joy as a kid and really using that as a way to bring me joy. Um, And then through that like you know that still falls off and it's not something that I use all the time anymore but now I'm getting back into those walks and uh, making sure that like okay I have my earphones in I can listen to a podcast while I'm walking I can enjoy nature or I can bring a friend or a co-worker with me on those walks and then uh, now it's kind of like okay these are things that I know work for me and then sometimes they don't work for me. So I've just tried to be, be as open as possible with all of the like opportunities and it helps when I can talk to other people about their ideas too. So I've just been very flexible and open with it after being so hard on myself for dropping things off and not continuing. So I it's been you, a journey. I was going to say, I think you bring up such a good point because it reminds me of what you said earlier um, about having gratitude and being grateful for whatever spot you're in and if it's a small walk or if it's just doing nothing you know just saying that's okay you know when i'm ready i will start 
Um, and when you find that thing that makes you laugh and have fun, that's the one thing that will probably set, you know, the pattern going forward. Um, I love the roller skates. I yeah. love the idea. Um, we did an adult recess last year because we were just trying to reintroduce, you know, hey, you know, let's just play like when we were kids. Let's just start there. And thankfully, the SRC loaned us a lot of great games and toys and things like that. And it was fun. And we saw what people enjoyed. And um, I, I think playing people forget how many recesses we had in elementary school, like two. Yeah. Then it went to PE in junior high and PE in high school. But like playing, it's OK to mm -hmm. play playing with your dog. Yeah. Um, just thinking about that. Like, I don't know. I can't think of a, of a game. I used to play four square basketball. I was handball. too short. <laughs> oh, handball, badminton. Yeah. Croquet. Um, like tetherball, is that the one? It's oh, yeah. yeah. But if you think about it, it was distracting for your brain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you're moving your body, too. Um, I love that idea. Yeah. And doing like cartwheels in the grass. Like, wow, mm -hmm. when was the last time I did a cartwheel? Or a somersault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, good times. No, I think finding a time to also schedule movement into your day and literally just titling it movement. I think there's, mm. and this was all coming to my brain as you were talking too, but I think there's a lot of pressure put on 5 a.m. workouts. And yes. if you're not doing it before the sun comes up, you're not doing it right. Heck and no. if you aren't at a 10 out of 10 intensity for 60 minutes straight, you're not doing it right. And that's so far from the truth. I mean, you'll never see me waking up at 5 a.m. to work out. <laughs> like, and I do it for a career. So I, I really, really just want to emphasize that, like, even if you're working out at 8 p.m., 9 p.m., great, you're doing something, you're moving. And just titling that hour of your day as movement and whether that movement turns into like you said rollerblading i love that like i haven't lived by the beach for a long time but seeing people do the beach boardwalk like running walking jogging rollerblading biking there's even the e-bikes that go down like just titling it movement whatever that means movement like jen like you've said has been can be yard work or cleaning the house um and just getting your body moving in one way or another doesn't cause a ton of soreness for the next day, but you still did something physical. Yeah, and I think it's uh, getting your brain to connect that and having that fulfillment. And, you know, an hour is one thing, but maybe you do it for five or ten minutes mm -hmm. if you're really that you know busy and you can't find time in your day. Just realizing that once a day I do need to take five or ten minutes or 15 minutes even at the most and do that movement, whatever it is. It can, like we said, it could be anything um, and just not being afraid to take that break, because even if you're working an eight hour day, you're allowed to have a 10 or 15 minute break. Mm -hmm. And that can be your time that you move. You know, you don't have to break a sweat. You don't have to change your clothes, you know, um, just realizing that you can build in those little moments and they add up over time. Yeah. Um, one thing I learned about, too, with health coaching is it's called habit bundling. So doing something you like with something that you don't like. So with um, exercise, that's something you can do. If you like listening to podcasts, you know, or books or music, you can do that with your um, whatever type of workout that you want. Um, folding laundry can be movement, taking it in and out of the washer, um, but will, while you have your podcast on. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on habit bundling or things you would combine, something you like and something you don't like that makes you move? Ooh. I hadn't heard of that before you mentioned it, but I like that. And I think maybe we do it subconsciously. Like if you put a podcast in or an audio book while you go for a walk. Um, I like that. Or even, I mean, 
I don't know if this is a great example, but like calling someone that you're like, oh, I haven't called them in like a month. I should probably do that. <laughs> but like, I'll go for a walk on the beach while I do it. And so I, that's the first thing coming to mind for me. I hear so many people do that. Yeah. Walking and calling, like you have to check in with your, you know, your your parent mm-hmm. if, if you're still lucky enough to have them and you can never find that time but if you do it while you have your walk they'll mm-hmm. get like a full 20 30 minutes from you i haven't heard of habit bundling but i've heard of habit stacking and it's probably very similar and with habit stacking it's not necessarily things that you don't want to do or that you don't like to do but things that you forget to do you bundle that or stack it on top of a habit you always do so like let's say i forget to drink water in the morning but i always take like or look at my phone so maybe my habit would be like okay when I look at my phone make sure that there's a water bottle right there next to my phone so I'm reminded to drink water with that Um, but in the sense of like movement I think of like maybe I know I'm gonna go for a drive and maybe just like walk around that area and keeping my rollerblades in my front seat so I know if I come across a nice smooth path I can bundle that you know that errand with you know a little five or ten minutes yeah exactly just put them on real quick um, if I'm in a nice area that I like a nice little neighborhood so I guess that's something that I could do with some habit bundling I I was just gonna say the visual cue yeah the visual cue is good the water bottle having the the rollerblades in the front seat so visual cues are another great way Um, to just when you find that five minutes and then there's obviously the old standards of you know take the stairs park your car farther away yeah Um, but you know just you can be more creative than that but those also do work Um, I do that here Um, also too I think the parking spaces are bigger in the lot farther (laughs) away from the office um, so I don't have to repark um but you know that's just something it adds an extra three or 500 steps you know a day which ends up being a thousand at the end of the day yeah i like the parking far away i try to do that also i can't really park very well so even if i go grocery shopping i'm like i'm parking away from all oh, yeah. of these there's cars. gotta be a space on either yep. side yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you just swipe in i'm thinking of just grocery shopping in general like i hate going to the grocery store so much but park your car far away walk every single aisle that's a lot of steps Mm, grocery stores are massive Mm -hmm. and then i mean if you can carry everything in both hands park the grocery cart at the front of the store and carry you don't know how good of a core strengthener it is to have all your grocery bags in both hands and just going for a walk some farmer walks exactly no exactly (laughs) and it's that's great movement and then when you get back to your house if you live on the second floor i mean if you live higher than that if you want to take the elevator, <laughs> by all means. But not using the cart and just doing multiple trips back and forth with the grocery bags, things like that. You guys just remind me of two things. Um, one, when I had that DPP class, <clears throat> excuse me, during um, the pandemic, I was working with um, uh, seniors. What is DPP? Mean? Uh, Diabetes yeah. Prevention Program. Thank okay. you. Class. So it's a year-long class um, that we were doing in person, and all of a sudden it was online. And I had this group of seniors. And we were talking about, you know, working out and strength training. And so I was like, okay, everyone go in their kitchen and find something, cans, jugs of milk, jugs of water. And I was like, bring it all out and let's look at it. And so we did a whole little workout routine with with water bottles and and cans of beans and bags of beans and different things like that. And it seemed so silly, but they loved it. 
because they couldn't really afford to buy weights. They didn't really even know where to go get them. And actually, during the pandemic, you couldn't buy a weight to save your life. Yeah. <laughs> Not on Amazon, at least. Yeah, just using that huge jug of water to do a little deadlift. Exactly. <laughs> I was deadlifting a, a floor lamp at oh. one point. <laughs> That's where we got. Um, but I also had a student last year that just, uh, no matter how comfortable it would be they were just not going to be ready for the SRC type of environment and they were also a commuter and so um, we worked on you know just starting off with a little walking and then he came back to me after about the third session and he's like I found something I like doing and I'm like okay what is it and he said I go to Costco and he's like I don't even have a membership but I go and I lift the heavy bags of like dog food or you know big you know, planter soil or whatever he can find, puts it all on the cart and then puts it all back and walks the whole Costco. And he's like, do you think they're going to notice that I don't ever buy anything? And I go, you just keep doing that until yeah, they do. That it's is great. Isn't mm-hmm. that creative? And he's Very like, creative. I'll be sweating by the end. And it's like, oh my gosh. You know, Alex, when you're talking about grocery stores and not liking them, but walking all the aisles, I was like, you need to find a place with samples though. So Costco. <laughs> oh my Incentives. gosh. Yes. And, but like, how did this person get in without showing their memory? membership i'm impressed <laughs> yeah I, I maybe it was sam's well sam's you have to have a membership too. well actually they'll let you in if you just want to buy food from my understanding oh. sometimes so so trader joe's has samples costco sam's club it's that visual incentive that visual cue exactly well. um okay i don't even know what i have left on our list um so we've already talked about staying active um that doesn't involve a gym Does anybody have any thoughts that come to mind that weren't in our topic areas or um, anything we want to just talk to our students about um, for just entering this new school year? You know, we've eased back into fully being in person here. Um, I know that also brings a little bit of anxiety to people, but just any other tips for getting back to campus and finding some different ways to move? I, my kind of bottom line, and I think we've reiterated this a lot, but I really want to emphasize, especially coming from a fitness background, that all movement is good movement. Um, And just again, I know I've said it, but just even if you're not getting up at five in the morning and doing the absolute most, like getting up and going for a walk or like my friends and I went, my coworkers and I actually went bowling a couple nights ago. And I was like, oh, my gosh, my arm is sore. Like my (laughs) arm actually hurts and my heart rate is up and my watch is telling me that I'm doing something. And so just don't underestimate the power of those small, fun social activities, mini golfing bowling, walking, all of that. It's, they're powerful movements. And so just don't underestimate the power of movement. All movement's good movement. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's a great note to end on too, because movement comes in all forms. Like you said, just if you're making a to-do list or you're trying to hold yourself accountable, just put movement and there it is. And then it's something that you can be flexible and open with throughout time. And I just would want to say that try activities. Don't be afraid to try activities. Um, because you never know which one you're going to fall in love with or which one's going to stick. Um, and then find a person if you're interested. And if you can't find a person, do something that you enjoy while exercising, like we were saying, or moving, like finding that podcast, finding that music uh, that you like. Um, and then knowing that we have a bunch of resources here on campus that can support you as a student and your journey. And don't do things that you don't want to do. If you go to the gym and you're like, I don't like lifting weights don't do it. Because if you don't like doing it, you're not going to want to do it. It's going to become a chore. You're you're just never going to do it. Find something you genuinely enjoy and it'll come naturally. 
Yeah. And being kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you said, when you're trying something, it's okay not to like it. Um, Or it's okay to say, you know what, I do like that, but I'm not there yet. And then figuring out a plan to get yourself there. Yeah. Um, I had one student who was a dancer, took a long time off, and then went to one of the classes there. I'd loved it, but said, I'm not ready, but that's my goal now. So six months from now, I want to be able to take that class and not be gasping for air. (laughs) So that was the goal we set. Um, I have my last little tip for high school, college students is my um, binging show tip. Mm. And so if you're a binger, like we all are, um, I always say stand up between every at least one or two episodes, walk around the house, walk outside or walk inside or do a couple sit-ups or push-up or whatever, um, and don't let yourself binge a whole season without getting up at least every hour. And so, you know, when you said the binging tip, I literally thought you were gonna say, move, do your movement while watching your favorite you show. You should also <laughs> yeah. do that. See, and then that will keep you going. I love cleaning with Netflix on in the background. Have yeah, it. I love it. <laughs> and cleaning is so tiring. Something yeah. that Jen always says is something about laughable, laughable, laughably simple. simple. Yes. Laughably Can you simple. talk about that? Because I think that's a great thing to kind of like, you know, tie this all together. How do we get started with that action step? Yes, actually, I forgot about that. So thank you. Um, laughably simple. So when you are trying to create this new habit, um, today we're talking about movement being the habit, but it can be any habit. Um, we all want to do everything all at once. You know, we want to go from zero to a hundred, but that isn't sustainable. So a laughably simple change is something that you can do without even thinking about it and keep it consistent. So if that is putting 15 minutes of movement on your calendar once a week and doing that for three weeks, that's laughably simple. Like who, who couldn't do that and being okay with that. And then after the three weeks saying, okay, what other little laughably simple thing could I add to this? And when you start realizing you don't have to make big drastic changes because that's when we start and quit. And then we set our mindset, you know, up for feeling bad and feeling down on ourselves. So you want to do things that are going to build you up and build positivity and build mindset. I love that. Anybody have any other thoughts on that? That's perfect. I think that wraps us up very nicely. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, I want to thank our um, guest from the SRC ASI. Um, we're so had glad to have you. How long have you been here now? Been here about nine months now. All right. Yeah. So your full, first full academic year is now. It's now completed. We're, <laughs> we're getting prepped for the next one. Well, make sure, and if you have any questions that you go by, um, and you can, um, their students, uh, you can check in at the front. If you had any questions for Alex, I'm sure they can get your questions to you. Is there a preferred like method of contact if any of the students wanted to talk to you? Email, phone, come to the front desk, and my office door is probably open. Um, but yeah, I'm available. I'm at the SRC all the time. I'm available. And we all want to hear from you. You know, we're doing our programming for next year in Titan Well. Um, you're putting together classes. Um, we do want to start um, having some things uh, for people who don't like to exercise. So please give us your feedback. DM us on our Instagram account, which is at CSUF Titan Well. Uh, make sure and follow us. We have all of our activities. Do you want to put your Instagram handle out there? We are at Titan Recreation and... CSUF ASI. I should that? know that, but I know that the Titan Rec specific one is at Titan Recreation. And also, too, don't they have the app on their phone, or is that something they have to download? Yeah, so that is, we have a Titan Rec app, and if you want access to the SRC, it will generate a um, 
a barcode, and so that's your access into the SRC, but that's also how you can register for classes and just see the programs that are happening. This reminds me of something. Uh, SRC, that's included with their fees, right? Correct. As long as you're paying student fees, you have free access to the SRC, free access to group fitness classes, access to the climbing wall, um, pool access. Yeah, for the most part, you get access to everything. Excellent, because I don't think that everyone realizes that you don't have to pay. Mm -mm. So that's one important thing, too. Um, Okay, so uh, we're going to go ahead and close out. Uh, We're so glad to have you. Please give us your feedback about this episode. This episode is produced by Titan Well Health Promotion Services. Living Well with Titan Well is a product of CSUF's Titan Radio.